0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, as the boss, you are faced with challenges every day. And the best thing we can do for you as a resource here on the podcast is to give you access to guests that have a world of experience. My guest today has a ton of experience. He's a friend that I met years ago. I've stayed in touch with him through social media and email, and it's taken a while, but I finally got him to get on the show with us. My friend's name is Harold Hall. Harold is a motivational speaker. He's the guy that says he got his degree from the University of Hard Knocks. And if you're in the role of the boss, that's the kind of person you need to give you information on how to succeed. Harold's gonna talk to us today about how to be an informal leader. What does that look like? How do we do it? More importantly, how do we do it right? So let's quit talking about Harold. Let's talk to him. Sally, take it away. Welcome to the Boss Builder Podcast. Harold Hall, welcome to the show.
1: Mac, it's great to be here with you. Really appreciate this opportunity. I'm really glad we
0: could do this too, Harold. So I've known you now for quite a while. I met you a long time ago when you were the, uh, I don't know what you call the person in in the church that does the announcement. They don't call him the MC, um, the announcement guy. And so Harold gets up every Sunday in this amazing suit and he's treating this like it's a Miss America pageant. He's the MC. He's just a great speaker and probably one of the nicest guys I know. But the reason I wanted to have you on the show, Harold, is that you've got a lot of experience. And our audience today, for many of them, they're in their first role as a supervisor, and no one's taken the time to show them. And so I want them to benefit from your years of experience. The topic is how to be a great informal leader. So before we dive into that, uh, take a moment. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your journey. Tell us how you got to where you are today.
1: You know, I, I always start that answering that question, Mac, with the fact that I'm an autodidact. And, and, and that throws a lot of people off because invariably the, the question that I've been asked is, well, where, where did you go to college? And uh, I didn't. Uh, there in fact is another way of learning things and i've started out with my mother at a very early age and that way is called reading yeah, that's that's a new fascination yeah reading yeah reading uh, is it has always been my thing as it were to to coin binocular. So that's where i started in doing and i've had a, a, a oh man i've done a lot of different things right from what i call agricultural engineering and that's you know, picking this and picking that, and chopping that, and working on farm environments in Georgia, where I come from, uh, to being an executive for a major insurance company in the U.S. I was its first executive that of color, shall we say, and, and everything in between. I was a soldier. Yep, uh, I, and as a matter of fact, the military is what really gave me a jump start on my abilities because I didn't know. Coming out of Georgia, I thought I was restricted and I learned in the army that I'm not. Um, I'd been in the army about three months when a sergeant decided that I was a leader. I, I don't know what made him do that, but he said, get up there and these people out here in front of you are going to do what you tell them to do. Wow. And I said, OK, I'll do that. I'm somewhat of a thespian, so I can pretty much act in any way that it is. That it seems. So that's where I came from. Um, Military background in in the agricultural world of plantations in Georgia, the insurance world, automobile insurance, the retail world in do-it-yourself hardware stores. Uh, you may remember Mac Heckinger's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was a, I was a, an assistant manager at two of their stores in the Washington area. Right. Right. Uh, I got into the training world because the training manager said, hey, you know, I think you'd make a great trainer. And I said, "Okay, what do you want me to train? I'm not knowing that you wanted me to do it this coming Monday. And it was Friday. (laughs) I did it. And I found out that that's where I, I live. I love training and I'm really good at it. So that's where I've been in this space for the past 40 plus years. Okay,
0: yeah, and you are absolutely great in front of a crowd, and so that's the the, the inner thespian that comes out, but you do have experience, and so I want to ask you a series of questions about the informal leader. So, first of all, what is the informal leader? Who is that person?
1: Now, that's a great question, Mac. One of the things that, um, especially new managers, because I certainly have been in that spot, is That you can really make your way if you learn to identify the informal leader in a group. And this is a person who has no authority at all, but has the power to either push your agenda forward or hinder it. And it all depends on your being able to identify. So what is this person? It's somebody who has influence because he or she is very knowledgeable about whatever is going on in the unit or she is, uh, they're, they're charismatic. They're the people that everybody likes. You say, oh, that's Joan. She is just really great. Everybody likes her. Joan is an informal leader. And if you can identify her earlier on and get her in your court your life will be a lot smoother going forward.
0: So the informal leader, Harold, that's not somebody with a title, right? Is that somebody is,
1: – is it sort of a magnetism they have? It is. They have no title. And very often one of the things that comes about, is well, why does everybody gravitate to that? I had a really great example of this a little while ago. My granddaughter is an assistant something or other in a hotel, and in the accounting and booking department or whatever, this hotel, huge hotel in downtown D.C. And she says that the housekeepers have a lady, Miss So-and-so, who's been at the hotel for 25 years and nothing gets done in housekeeping without her sake. And I said, well, is she the housekeeping manager? No. Nope. Is that everybody knows that if Miss So and So and So is on board with whatever this change is, everybody else is as well. And the housekeeping manager who doesn't recognize that right off will never get her stuff done. Not very well until she recognizes who is not actually in charge, but who has the influence on all of the other housekeepers that are at that location. Wow.
0: So there's an influence. And so I guess the question is how, because the person who's listening to this podcast is probably struggling trying to get their agenda moved forward. So would these informal leaders be the negative naysayers or are they positive people? I I guess I just need to know how we spot them.
1: You know, that's that's exactly it because they can be in both camps. And sometimes I have seen it where you have one of each. You've got uh, Nancy Negative on the one hand, and you got, uh, on the other hand, someone who's just gung-ho to push that agenda forward. How do you identify them? It's, it's listening. That's the biggest thing that in new managers, and a lot of old managers as well, Mac, as you well know, just don't do well. They don't listen. They mistake hearing and listening to be the same thing, and they're not. What is the difference? What is the difference between those two? Uh, Hearing is when the horn blows, you hear it. You're not listening to it blow, are you? Unless it's incessant. On the other hand, you you are listening because you're bringing information into your head to analyze and to respond and or react to in some way or another.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. And I guess the hearing is going to take a little bit more time and effort, won't it?
1: it? It will. You hear it, you bring it in, you listen to what it is that these people say. For example, if I go into a new place, never been here before, and I'm looking around and I ask a question of something, and every time I ask a question, somebody tells me, I'll go see Chuck over there. What does that, what should that tell me?
0: Hmm.
1: Chuck might be the man. Right. Huh? Yeah. Just
0: might would be. Chuck be one of those people, Harold, that would be that informal leader?
1: It would be an informal leader. Chuck just sits back, and when things go uh, are going one way or another, a new suggestion, a new this is coming in. Everybody will go and say, Chuck, what do you think about that? You think we ought to go along with this, or what? This could even be in in an instance where you have some sort of union that's in place. A lot of people think it's the union steward, but no. The union steward is, an, is a figurehead in there, and what actually happens for that group comes through that leader. Remember, Miss 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 So and So I mentioned earlier, she's the one that makes sure that the union steward knows which direction the group wants to go in. Not the union steward. The union steward, in that instance, is a messenger.
0: Wow! And yet they probably think they have the power. That's really interesting, isn't it?
1: And 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 they. They have it, and they think so, but they can't wield it as such, so
0: let's go back to the power that the informal leaders have. what is their source of power? what's
1: their secret? I don't know I have always held that mostly it's charisma, it's knowledge of the job it's a, a, a feel for people because everybody knows that if if I go to miss so and so She's going to be empathetic. She has the experience to tell me which way to go with this problem that I'm having. She's always there. She knows. i never gone to her with a question that she didn't have a useful answer for. No, no BS involved. She just knows what the right thing is. And we follow it. And the reason that I know that I am new, I just got here. But everybody else since I've been here say, well, you know, if you want to know what's going on, you want to go over here and see Miss Mary. Because she always knows what's going on. And management comes to her to find out how it is that they should respond or implement or whatever. They check with her because she knows and that she knows part is very, very important. Not only does she have that knowledge, but she has that whole presence that says she doesn't flaunt it. She's just yeah, un- under the and radar and she- to the management people as she is to the people who reach out to her. So,
0: so Harold, the people that are listening to this podcast, I'm going to go out on a limb and because I, I in my experience the what gets people promoted to this role is they show that they have technical expertise and people tend to go to them so they're the logical candidate and of course they get into the role and if you're listening to this you're probably nodding and saying yeah that sounds about right and then suddenly nobody feeds you anymore now you've run out of knowledge and now you struggle a little bit so would a person that is the informal leader do you think they know that they're the informal leader
1: you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think they do. They may not have a tag for it as such, but they know that, oh, you think he's going to implement that. But I I don't think that's a good idea at all. And they won't go to the people and say, hey, we don't want to do this. They, that's not how they operate. They wait until the people come to them and then they impart that wisdom as it's perceived to say, no, this isn't the way we should go. It has some some merit in some instances, but it's not the way in its entirety. We go, well, how do you think we should do it? And when that informal leader shares that with the individuals, one or more of them will go back to the authority and say, well, you know, we were just thinking that, you know, it seems like it's basically a good idea, but it would work better if. Now, the smart manager looks closely at that if. That's what the smart manager does, even given there's no way that we can do it that way because I know some things about this that you don't. That happens often. You know that, Mac. But you maintain that position with that informal leader to consider what she or he has said about this plan that you have. Maybe even call him in and say, gee, I don't know. I didn't check with you early on. But what, what do you think about this? It goes full circle. You see where the other subordinates came up with the response, and now you can address that with this person and say, I can share these things with you about my plan, Um, and how does that affect your posture on it? Acknowledging that leader, that informal leader, can be a huge push in getting your agenda across because that person is going to stick the chest out And go back to the groups and, you know, I looked at this a little more close and I think we might want to go this way. Just like that. It's done.
0: Do you think, Harold, that the informal leaders want to be recognized as
1: the informal leader? Sometimes. I think there are instances when you have an informal leader who takes that posture that, you know, I should be running this outfit. You've seen it. Right. And as such, they start to maneuver. And as soon as they start that, they tend to fall out of that informal leadership. They become some form of an aggressor. And their followers will tend to fall off. Not all of them, and it may be gradual, because they're changed. That empathy that they've expected, that they've come to love and know about this person, goes away because ambition has kind of plastered over it.
0: Well, I can almost imagine an informal leader saying something like this, Well, I could have told you that was gonna happen, but nobody asked me.
1: That happens. And I think you would find that with the nervous Nelly or the negative Nelly kind of an informal leader whose idea is always no right off the bat. Whatever it is, it's no. We can't do that. Even if they don't have all the information, they're those who are there. And unfortunately, you can have an entire unit that wholeheartedly subscribes to that way of thinking. And so your, your negative nelly is an informal leader that's leading in the opposite direction from the way management wants to go. Simply because sometimes, and you've seen those as well, negative people can be very strong in their attraction. Some people see that as strength. It right. doesn't take any guff from anybody.
0: Well, Harold, if I am a supervisor and I have identified the negative informal leader, it seems like it would be really hard to call them out. Do you have any suggestions on how you handle that? Because I'm sure somebody listening today is saying, yeah, I got a bunch of these people in the Navy. We called them sea lawyers, right? They all figured they knew how to do something. And you probably had them in the army too, I would guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. But so, what would you recommend a supervisor do as they bring in this negative informal leader?
1: And the only thing that comes to my mind readily is that you have to f- figure some kind of way that is not, I don't know, maybe it's, it's, you need to discredit them in some way or another, but it can't be obvious that that's what your intent is. Simply because that could turn against you, as
0: you can well imagine. Oh, I would be. I mean, if you empower that negativity, it's just going to pop up even
1: stronger. Even stronger. Exactly. So maybe an approach would be to go to this person and say, you know, I've noticed that you have a great deal of influence and it has been helpful in a lot of instances, but sometimes it just seems like it's just a little off. What do you think? Where are you with this? Well, you know, I didn't I didn't know anybody recognized uh, that I have value. And that very often is the case. Oh, I recognize that you have value. It's just that very often I just thought that you were just always staunch against any program that I was trying to get in place. Oh, no, I think you've had some really great programs. But so maybe it's just that I, I, I probably needed to be checking with you more often just to just to bounce things off you because you do have some good ideas. Could that be it? And that, that yeah, that could be it. Very often that's that recognition thing, I think right? you're at
0: recognition and maybe a healthy respect that, you know, uh, my boss takes me serious. So Harold, let's flip that around then. Let's say that we have that positive informal leader that we rely on. How can a manager recognize that person? And then not only that, but be able to build them and maybe consider them for roles in, in, in a higher position. Maybe how do, we, how do they address the positive informal leader?
1: Yeah, that's that's also a great question. One of the one of the things that uh, I have seen happen is kind of like the high producer. You're you're doing some sort of piecework, and you got a standard that says three hundred of these things need to be done a week, and you got an employee who does six or seven hundred of them every week with wonderful quality. So your first thought is, I got to promote that guy. Get him on up there because he's really doing a good job, right? Wrong. Peter Principle comes into play in very many instances where we've taken somebody who is a great producer, and now we're going to make them a supervisor. All the other people followed and worked with them, and now they're going to make them a supervisor or put them in some other formal authority-filled position and expect them to do super things. But we don't all handle authority well. And very often, that's what happens when you have an informal leader, and they step up. When now, the people that are their friends, so to speak, in the job, we've known you forever. And now you are a manager, and you're telling me what to do. Now, you are responsible for my evaluation. You can affect my pay. You have moved to the other side. You're on the dark side now, and we no longer follow you. And that's when another informal leader will pop up from somewhere.
0: Wow. Well, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure some of you are thinking, man, that's, what, that, that's me. I was really great technically, and someone thought I'd be a great supervisor, and I was so excited. And now I realize, number one, I'm not comfortable. Number two, I don't really know what I'm doing. Number three, nobody seems to like me anymore. I'm in a bad spot. so I think it's time to own your own development and and build on it. You're aware of it now. But Harold one, that is one, one last question I have for you is what is the consequence of ignoring the informal leader?
1: Ignoring an informal leader is, is not a good thing at all. It happens to us all because we especially when we don't know it, but now you have an idea that they're there. Seek them out. Because if you don't, you're always trying to push a heavy ball uphill, trying to get your agenda going forward. It's always a struggle uphill because there's somebody who is that you don't realize you need to be supporting what your activities are. You don't know they're there, but they are not necessarily pulling it back on purpose. It's just that they don't see that agenda. It's not theirs. They're not a part of it. No, why should report it. The people that are their friends and their followers, as it were, they are looking to their informal leader to tell them what's going on with their leader. And this is especially compounded if you are a leader who believes that you don't have a responsibility to be in communication with your subordinates.
0: Well, Harold, it's amazing. And and in the the lead into the podcast, I made the comment that you attended the College of Hard Knocks. But, yes. but you have got so much wisdom, and I really am grateful that you could be on the show with me today. If you are listening to this, Harold is a guy that he's he's not got a website. He's he's not got a uh, I don't know if you got Facebook or any of that stuff. But you, you need to find <laughs> you need to find a Harold Hall, and and you need to treat him like Master Yoda, because Harold, you've probably forgotten more about being a great supervisor than I even know. And, and just the, the little bit you were able to share today about informal leadership, that's gold. That really is. So, Harold, thank you again for agreeing to take time out of your schedule. You travel probably as much as I do, which is, um, which is a lot. So I'm sure you're winding down for the holiday. But thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today.
1: It's been a great pleasure to be here with you, Mac. I trust and, and, and I'm actually prayerful that this someone finds some value and what I've said. And and yeah, drop me a note, ask a question. I'd be happy to entertain it. Might not come back straight away because I got about 437 things on my plate, right? I'll get back to you. And again, Mac, it was really, really, really great to speak with you again.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you in the role and struggling and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the important transition to management. This podcast is just one resource we have. If you check out our website at greatbosstools.com, you can view some other resources we have there. We'd love to have you as part of our courses. If you're listening to this podcast on any podcast app, we'd also appreciate you taking a few moments to give us a review. Positive, of course, it really helps us out. So with that, take care and get out there and make it your goal to be the absolute best boss ever.